Hello, and welcome to a <coughs> black lung episode of the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. With us today, Cullen Sullinger of Elite Drywall. Cullen hails from Springfield, Illinois. He's a first-generation drywaller who stumbled onto this crazy trade when his home flooded and he wanted to save a few bucks. So you watch the videos on YouTube and you wrangle through the hanging, then it's time to finish. What happened then? Bought, I went and bought some paper tape, a 12-inch okay. uh, cobalt knife, yep. a pan from Lowe's, and Beautiful. just started slapping it on. Yeah. Yeah. No, no real rhyme or reason. And then um I would just Did you I, get I, some bub did you get some bubbling? I got a lot of bubbling. Yeah. There was there was a lot of bubbling and there was a lot of cussing. We talk about that and we also talk about his days working in the coal mines and where he's headed with this crazy industry. We discuss boxing strategy on the job and uh, this one time when he had to fix a customer's DIY project, all kinds of cool stuff. Cullen is a great guy and I know you're gonna like this one. The Drywall Podcast is brought to you by Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004 guests of the drywall podcast will receive a swag bucket from our friends over at csr in toronto and now their new location in Barrie, ontario we appreciate them for that the entire video of this podcast can be watched on our youtube page Head over there and watch to your heart's content and make sure and give us a subscribe as well. I could go on, but I really want to get into this episode, the 75th episode with Colin Sullinger of Elite Drywall out of Springfield, Illinois. Let's do it. You've popped up quite a bit. I know you've been, is it just the drywall podcast or do you follow the fresco harmony as well oh i follow um heck i follow the drywall podcast i follow fresco harmony's page cool i try to stay pretty current with everyone that's killing it in the industry right now thanks man i appreciate that uh where are you located i'm located in springfield illinois okay why the fuck didn't you come down and play with us when we were at chad's Man, so um, Sean Sean reached out to me and said, "Hey, we're we're coming to Illinois to do this great fresco adventure," and he kind of gave me okay. a lowdown. <laughs> and he said, it's, we're going to meet Chad Hesher and Cam, and uh, I was like, "Hey, if you guys have room, I'd love to drive down for a couple of days." But we we got some news in the family that changed the dynamic of some things, and then okay. work was just piling on. We're, we we found out we we're expecting our fourth child, so. Dude, that kind of, that kind shut of the president. front door. <laughs> yeah, four, four. Yeah, it was it was not expected. Let's put it that way. It was a bit of a shock to my wife and I. Okay, and then your your uh dry your business name is Elite. Yep, Elite Drywall Contracting. You know what's funny about that is there's an Elite here in Albuquerque that uh, crushes it with Fresco Harmony. Really good drywall outfit here. There's probably yeah, several elites 
Yeah, I've heard you mention them a couple times on the podcast, and then on Instagram, I've seen uh, I've seen some of the work they've done. You give them quite a few shout outs. Oh yeah, yeah. They could care. They could care less. I've gotten the guy like probably five entire houses finished in fresco harmony. Could yeah, you know, whatever. They don't want to do it. <laughs> I could just as long as they're, as long as they're killing it, man. <laughs> uh they're very good so anything that's kind of thrown at them they they pick it up and run with it so they're like good as far as achieving the work but they're not they don't they're not jazzed about it or anything they just assume really? like, you know finished drywall yeah right. it's weird it's weird you know uh it's weird who gravitates towards it and who doesn't like all of that stuff um so you were you were actually inclined to joining us for the training or uh you know the fresco adventure at in Newton Illinois. Uh you just you had some uh you had some some news and you couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah. I I reached out to Sean a couple of times I was like, "Hey, I'm going to try to make it down for one day cuz it's only about just a, a hair under 2 hours south of where I am." You've had Jason Griffin on your podcast in one of your earlier episodes. The yeah. drywall, well, he's a phenomenal finisher, but he does the drywall sculptures. And yeah. I know he really likes fresco as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it started was uh, people enjoying the fresco or they'd call and we have these conversations. So that's was the basis for the drywall podcast. That and the Facebook groups, I thought there would be a lot more fighting on here than there has been but that's okay yeah okay we could get yeah. into a fight if you want <laughs> no no confrontational person you'll ever meet yeah you seem pretty chill uh no i've had just uh everybody that's been on it's like when you come on here and you know you're face to face it's so much more personable and Oh, absolutely. All the drywallers are cool dudes, you know, and yeah. dudettes for sure. So yeah, we they're... have we have Cullen Sellingers of Elite Drywall out of Springfield, Illinois with us today. This will be the 76th podcast. Pretty cool. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All I know about Cullen is that, yeah, you're very supportive on social media of mine. You always have been. And it was high time that we got you on the show. Uh, you are familiar with, uh, I, I always ask, like, are you real familiar with the podcast? Sounds like you've listened to several of them. Yeah, I am currently four episodes behind right now on listening to all of them. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, you've, you're on, you're on top of it. Um, yeah. Very cool. Any favorites out there that stand out in your mind? Any episodes yeah. you really like? Uh, I, I liked, well, the first one, um, with the past Dugan, that one was awesome just cause I've yeah. been following him long before. <laughs> just a really cool cat. Mudman Dan Gray was awesome. Um, he's just a super stellar dude. I've been talking to him online for years. Uh, yeah. That helped me come up with my business name. And oh, okay. Looked, yeah. Really great guy. And then, uh, man, there was one you did last year and it was, a. Uh, it was a kid from up north. Yeah. He was back in Columbia. I can't think I of know. I already know who you're talking about. It's a honky-tonk taper, man. Honky-tonk taper. <laughs> I, you know what? He, he, he was a little arrogant on, on, on the podcast, but I got to respect the cut of his jib to come on here. And oh, yeah. Approach. 
Uh, yeah, I did too. Um, I yeah, I'd love to. He was just cocky, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved yeah. it all, man. You know, and I talked with uh, uh, Brad at CSR and Aaron about it. Do they? They were like, they thought it was great. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> those tough. guys have those guys have pretty tough skin. <laughs> but uh yeah and uh unique he was a slop box guy so we talk about the slop box it's pretty cool never 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 ran a slop box and i don't think i ever will there's just uh the way i tape it just for for me and the way i operate it just doesn't seem very efficient right right uh so you mentioned fourth child on the way uh if you don't mind um what what are we looking at here kids wise you've got uh, what are I, ages and sex of the of the kiddos? I like to ask that. I don't know why. It's just interesting. Interesting to me. Oh, for sure. Um, my oldest will be ten in February, and his name's Landon. Landon, cool. And my second, she will be five in February, and her name's Emily. And then okay, I have a, L- little gap, little gap there. <laughs> and then I have a sixteen-month-old named Maylie. Oh, man, you guys are gonna be busy. <laughs> only 31 so we uh we we thought we were done but you know <laughs> everything happened so i'm saying so i'm told yeah yeah um yeah there's a part of me that wants another one i only have one uh which is a lot you know but uh he's eight so i guess there's time so between the new one and the 10 year old that's pretty that's a pretty big gap but oh, absolutely the newborn will be with the 16 month old growing up. So they'll be causing trouble for sure. Yes. Colin Selinger, are you first generation? First generation driver. All right. How did you get into this wacky trade, man? So uh, in 2013, I bought my first house. My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, we bought our first house and I went up north on a hunting trip and our basement flooded. And we came back and there was mold had already set in. And so, you know, we, we followed the steps and we you know, had, had the water sucked out and it dried out. And I started getting estimates to get the drywall fixed. And they were coming back to tear it out and, you know, do the whole nine, you know, 10, 12, $13,000 or whatever it was. Yeah. I was, a, I was a 19, I believe I was 19 years old. I was like, man, I, you know, I'm a poor coal miner. I can't afford this stuff. So, okay. Uh, so wait, you were coal mining prior to this? Yeah, I've been a I was a coal miner for eight and a half years. So most of my adult life I was a coal miner. Okay. Yep. Underground coal miner. All right. Wow. That's cool. Yep. It was a, a wonderful career. And if if the industry wouldn't have went the way it did, I'd probably still be doing it to this day. I loved every second of it. That's freaking interesting. Uh out of uh Springfield. Uh I worked between two mines. Um about one was about 40 miles south of here and then one was about 10 miles north yeah both by uh they were okay. by two minutes cold. cool and hard work yeah yeah i mean uh it it always blew my mind that if when i told people i was a coal miner they thought we were down there with you know pickaxes buggies and and <laughs> donkeys and coal out and we had some of the most advanced technology you could, you oh, could yeah. imagine to process the coal yeah it makes me think of zoolander right yeah 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 <laughs> i got okay, the black I, lung i got the black lung pop yeah <laughs> but no, uh, the industry went south and and i got out and i i went back to to being a carpenter my father was uh 
he worked in the farming industry most of his life, but he played tile every okay. weekend. He was a phenomenal tile guy. And uh, okay. so I just, I just grew up with between him and my uncles, just, just learning the trades and whatnot. And, uh, but back, back to the basement, um, I said, well, I, I talked to my wife and I said, Hey, you know, we, we can do this. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're, you know, we're going to have to do this, you know? So we rented a dumpster. I tore everything out. I sprayed it all with bleach and dried it and hung the drywall and, uh, started caking it on and sanding it off. Uh, so no you're a can do, you're a can do man. Uh, did you watch some how to videos when you went to hang the drywall and stuff? And, and, uh, what in our timeline, you're 31 now. Yes. How old are you when this, uh, when this flooding occurs? This would have been 2012, 2013. Okay. So about 10 years ago. No, I started coal mining when I was, when I was 18 years old when I got out of high school. Okay. All right. So you coal mined past the timeline of the flood. Oh yeah. 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 I, okay. coal, I, I stopped coal mining in 2021, somewhere around there. 2000, 2021, give or take. Okay. Okay, so you watch the videos on YouTube and you wrangle through the hanging. Then it's time to finish. What happens I went then? And bought, I went and bought some paper tape, a 12-inch okay. uh, cobalt knife, yep. a pan from Lowe's, and Beautiful. just started slapping it on. Yeah, yeah. No no real rhyme or reason. And then um, I would just... Did you, I, get I, some I, did you get some bubbling? I got a lot of bubbling, yeah. There was there was a lot of bubbling and there was a lot of cussing. Yeah, that's the con. I would say probably predominantly the first thing that happens if somebody's a layman going into it is they don't thin down their mud, and you get a lot of you got a bubble. You don't realize that you have to lather so much mud on there for your tape to adhere properly. Oh, Nick, there was no and this. Keep in mind, this was green <laughs> green lid all purpose. So oh there yeah, was no, there was no whipping the mud up. There was no thinning it out. <laughs> And there was no, there was no mixing it up in your pan to loosen it. It was picked it up and slap it on. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, let it, me tell you, it looked awful. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't Next. even tape, I didn't even tape the inside angle like Octum. Beautiful. Perfect. That's yeah. what they do in the mobile home. Uh, when I worked in the mobile home manufacturing, they did the upper angles. They caulked mm -hmm. them all. I, my job was to walk around on stilts and caulk and paint the transition, the wall ceiling transition. I did that for like a few months off of still. That's how I learned to walk stilts. Yep. And so after that, um, I was like, you know, that was, that was kind of, that was kind of a pain in the ass, but it was kind of, it was fun. You know what I mean? Shut up. The mud was like through the cussing and the blood, sweat and tears. The mud uh -huh. was like, Colin, come on, mm -hmm. buddy. You could do this. You could do this. <laughs> <laughs> I got on. I got online after that, and uh, I found Phil from PRC Taping. Okay. And then I found the Drywall Doctor, which is a an old timer out of Chicago, by the Chicago, Illinois area. Yeah, the and dude started, in the water. He's in the water fishing off of stilts. Mm-hmm. And I started watching their videos, and it just it just trickled out after that. And then I found out what Instagram was, and started finding all these people and following all these people, and. uh you know, I'd always, like I said, I always set tile with my dad. So I always was pulling side jobs, laying tile or this or that, you know, nothing too okay. drastic. 
All right. And someone called me and said, Hey, do you know how to finish drywall? And I said, Oh yeah. Phenomenal finisher. <laughs> and I, I went there and, uh, I took what little bit of knowledge I had about whipping mud out and the you know, proper types of mud and the application process and still caked it on. Not quite as heavy, but uh, you know, I, understood, I understood the concept of feathering out your, your flats and butts and everything. And yeah, never stopped. That's bold, dude. That's bold to like be like, okay, I'll go finish. What uh what type of project was that? Oh god, let's see. I want to I want to say it was Why the hell did they call you? Uh just a, a family a buddy it was either a family member's friend or a buddy's friend, one of those <laughs> types of things. And if if I recall, it was they ripped out their old bathtub and put a one-piece surround it, a one-piece tub surround it and needed the drywall hung. And then the flanges around the the tub tapes, which is 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 tricky to do anyways nowadays. But for someone yeah. that no clue what to do, I mean, they had I tied in vinyl corner bead with old metal corner bead, and I just shot at the hip. And it, ultimately, it was passable. I mean, probably if I went back now and looked at it, I'd be absolutely disgusted. Yeah, but. yeah. But anyone can drywall, so yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I thought too. <laughs> and, then, and then honestly, Nick, it just kind of it snowballed after that. Um, when I Weird. find something interesting and I like, I, I obsess over it. And I did okay. for years. I, I kept pulling side jobs and side jobs. Till one day I told Ashley, I'm like, hey, I'm getting enough calls and enough work. And I'm putting myself out there enough. People are wanting me. And I've got, I had, at, by that time, um, I had some contractors that wanted me to, to do a little sub work here and there. You know, piece uh, work. Okay. All right. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to roll the dice. So I went and got an LLC and did it. Weird. You were so you were still mining coal mining up until that point. Uh, now with the coal mine operation, did you have like benefits and? Oh yeah, I had a pension. Sounds like you got paid well. Uh, yeah, it, was that it, union? No, we we were one of the last states to have, or we were one of the first states to get rid of union mining. Okay. Uh, and thank God, I'm I'm not inherently a pro union person. I get why we need unions, but for me, yeah unions don't work i i if something needs done to progress the job site let's get it done not wait for somebody else i like my coffee you know that mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> have you ever have you ever heard of real quick why because I, I just thought about this have you ever heard of a, a chemix a chemix coffee maker yeah i i uh my friend has one and uh i use that when i'm over there my, um, my we just got a uh we were using paper in the chemex it's okay i don't like that it doesn't keep the coffee hot we were using paper and then it was like then you know i don't use a paper filter here either i do drip coffee i'm a black coffee guy um yeah. but the chemex um as soon as I got a reusable filter it's like a brass it's like one of those brass filters or something it yes. tastes great. It tastes great, you know, but you have my, to reheat it all the time. My wife's a coffee snob and she loves it. Me, I drink so much coffee. I, I pop a pot yeah. in the Keurig and go. I don't even do Keurig because I drink more than that. I want to, I want a freaking pot in the morning, you know, and it's not, I don't do a full pot, but, uh, I want it there. You know, I just, this is sort of the last of it. Right. You know, oh, I get I've it. Had, a, had a couple cups. It's not, I'm not like, oh, one cup in the morning as an afterthought. No, I have to have it. It's first thing I get in the morning. I like to have two cups 
And then like, if you're drinking black coffee, it's not bad for you. No, it's not. So you start putting sugar and all that yeah. chemical creamer in there that gets bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've always drank it black. Um, and so now I'm like, I'm a snob in that I like the taste. We have a company here in town called Michael Thomas. They roast their own coffee. It's super expensive, whatever. I like French roast. I get it ground. I'm not that snobby that I have a grinder. I did that for a little while. I'm like, that's a waste of time. Um, you know, just, just grind it for me. <laughs> so, sounds, sounds about like the milk we drink in our house. We drink unpasteurized milk from a local farmer. Okay, crazy expensive, nine dollars a gallon. Yeah, I get I get organic. Most of the food stuffs that I get is organic um, milk. I do I don't skimp on milk. It's uh, the Costco milk is surprisingly good. I just started drinking that. Yeah, we drink we drink a lot of milk in our household. I've heard I've heard too much milk is not too good, but you have the kiddos, so it's good for the kiddos, not so good for adults. But I don't. You you have sort of a farm background, as you said. Uh, what did your dad farm? So my, my dad my dad wasn't a farmer per se. He worked for the farming industry on a state level. He was the he was a board director for the state of Illinois, so he kind of regulated the grain industry for the state. Okay, he was in the farming yeah. industry. Yeah. He was in the farming industry. Okay. Um, going back, <clears throat> this is interesting to me, Colin. Uh, you're you the mud reached out and grabbed you by the scruff of your neck mm-hmm. and said you're coming over here. You're working as a coal miner and uh picking up side jobs doing mud mostly because you like the mud and you enjoy working with the medium as as we've found out on the podcast many of the interviewees also are taken with mud this isn't something that like people do because they can't find anything else to do like Myron Ferguson said he's like I do this because I enjoy it um you so much so the mud speaking to you so much so that it pulls you away from this uh i you know lucrative you could say lucrative secure job of coal mining to go you're like hey honey i am going to start my own drywall company does she slap you in the face at that point and you have to sleep on the couch or is she very accepting uh so when i brought it up to her i tried to just casually bring it up like hey what do you think about me starting my own business and at the time she was a stay-at-home mother Okay. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to have a wife that was willing to stay home and raise our children. Sure. Um, I was the lucky one in that situation, but, uh, when we found out we were having, or no, hold on. well, and, and let's say she's lucky as well. Yes. Uh, stay at home. Mom is no picnic. And how cool is that? That she gets to see her children be raised, you know, and yep. that you can, you can afford, in today's day and age, you can afford that for your, for your family. That's cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, she had been toying with the idea. It was maybe time to get back into the workforce. So she said, let me, let me get a job. So that way I can pick up the insurance and whatnot, and then you can do it. And she, she had a resume out, you know, my wife's got her, her bachelor's and master's degree and in psychology and a minor in crim psych. Okay. And, she uh she put some resumes out and the, the second she started putting resumes out i started formulating my llc and i started talking to people like dan gray and several others about you know how to how to 
how to model your business, how to bid it out appropriately. Cause it, at the time when I, I was still doing a ton of side work and I was making decent coin on the side, yeah, I would just, I knew what my material cost. I knew how long it would take me. And then I just would throw a number out that would make me happy to do it. But I wanted to have a better business plan. Um, <laughs> the, the day she got an interview and accepted the job, I quit. And she went into full panic mode. And I'm like, you said, once you get a job, I can do it. And she said, yeah, I wanted to get, you know, situated in a job. I said, no, you said the day you get a job, I can do it. <laughs> okay. All right. I, job, I was out. Sleeping on the couch came a little bit later. <laughs> Needless to say. And uh, I ran it full time. You know, I thought this was going to be great. I was going to be able to go hunt whenever I want. Sure. Oh, yeah. All, all the stuff we wanted as a family. And I was very quickly humbled to find out that is not the case. No. Um, did, did you get some pushback from the jackals of social media when you went to ask questions about pricing as, as the new people sometimes do? No. And that that's, you've said it before on the podcast a dozen times, the drywall community as a whole is so receptive and opening and welcoming to people about everything. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, I, I just, I didn't know these people at all. And I just, you know, I follow them. I like them. I That's comment cool. And I would shoot them a, a message that said, Hey, like Chad Hester. I didn't know Chad yeah. at all. I did. I just found him. I messaged him on Instagram. I'm like, Hey Chad, this is who I am. This is what I do. I have some questions about the business. You think you could shoot me a text sometime? He called me the cool. next day. Cool. And it was, it was, it was phenomenal. The community showed so much support, you know, for uh. a nobody. And it was, it was, it was so helpful. I'm glad to hear that. I really am. I think that for a little bit there, it was more, it was more challenging, but I feel like it's, it's shifting and uh, we're becoming more accepting and supportive of each other in the trade. So cool. Cause we really need that in this trade. Oh, undoubtedly. Cool. So you've got your LLC. Uh, the wife has a job. Let's uh, can we get her name? If you don't mind, maybe yeah, just first yeah, name. My- my, my wife's name is Ashley. Ashley. Shout out to Ashley for uh, believing in your husband and uh, taking up the reins with the job, too. Uh, a big shout out to her. So you, um, you now you have your LLC. What's, what's your first step, man? What do you do? Um, so I, I had some work lined out before I left. Um, I okay. had a couple of, I, I, I know... I knew I didn't want to hang drywall. I would if I had to, but I made it very clear to some contractors that I was juiced in with uh, to let them know, like, hey, I'm not interested in, in throwing up rock. If it's okay. if it's a couple of minutes, I will, but I just don't want to. Uh, I like yeah. I like the like hanging. So I had I had two basements lined up. I had about okay. three weeks of work, and that was it. And then after that, I was just hoping the phone calls would start rolling in. And they did. Um, Were you doing any type of other type of marketing or advertising at that point? Nope. Uh, since I was a one man operation, I I didn't want to, I didn't want to try to blow up. I wanted to get in with some builders. I wanted to get in with some Reno guys and just be, Hey, I, I wanted to basically be their guy that they called us and Hey, this is what I have. I need you on this date. Um, they know my pricing structure and I showed up. That was, that was my ultimate goal. Okay. So how many, how many, how old were you at this time? So how long have you been in the trade 
are doing drywall since that day with the LLC? 2021, I believe. 2021. Uh, all right. So you're not even not even advertising. Uh, do you grab, do you try to get some employees at that point? Or you're like, I can handle this. I get these two basements. I'm going to knock those out. You start getting work. Uh, I guess you're learning all of the time. Do you start using tools at that point? Are you using oh. the automatic tools? Yeah, I had already been running automatic tools, uh, minus the bazooka at that point. Okay. Oh, 2000, probably 2008, 2017 or 2018, I bought my first kit. Okay. And I'd, I'd never ran a set of boxes in my life, but boy, did I watch hundreds of hours on how to tune them, how to maintain them, how to run them, how to whip okay. the mud correct. Okay. And I was like, man, I really want a set of those. And at the time, I was... I was still doing patchwork. Patchwork was my bread and butter. I could go in and knock out a patch and make it look gorgeous and match your texture and be in and out in four hours. Okay. But when I when I had basements to do, you know, you know, anything over fifty sheets, I wouldn't really want to touch on for a week. You know, for a weekend job, I could show up over two weekends and get it done. But then I started watching YouTube videos about boxes and uh, angle heads and flushers and tubes, and I'm like, man, I really want to get down on that. So I. Uh, I What's ordered. your starting point? What's your starting point there? What do you mean? Uh, like, what do you order first? You said a oh. set. Do you you just drop 4K and order everything, or do you start with like uh, a ten a ten and twelve inch box, a handle, and a pump? I bought a I bought a Columbia twelve inch ten inch box, a pump, a seven inch angle head. Uh, a three inch and a three a three and a three and a half inch angle head. Okay, did you just buy Columbia because Phil runs Columbia? Uh, yep, pretty much. <laughs> that shit works. That marketing works. <laughs> <laughs> my opinion, um, and this is just my opinion. They've got the 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 most loyal following. Oh yeah, of them and Tape Tech, which I've ran Tape Tech and I've ran um, okay a couple others, but I just. Columbia worked for me and I've been, I've had them for years and I love their product. And I love that when I call them for parts before I figured out who I get my parts from down here, I called them and Aaron answered the phone one time. Oh, funny. And I'm like, dude, this is, uh, I, this is a dude I watch on YouTube and he's like, in my mind, like a celebrity in the industry and he's answering the phone and explaining how to fix this part. And that, that's awesome yeah. to me. Yeah, they're just they're just normal dudes, super cool guys. Uh, I've I've met Phil a couple of times, and he's just the nicest guy, man. He's so he's very humble, and uh, Aaron as well. Just some mm -hmm. of the nicest dudes, and Elliot too. Elliot's just super cool. What are you chewing over there, sir? Copenhagen. All right. I, I was a I, I was a Cody guy for a long time, but I don't chew anymore for the last like several years i like do it once a month and it opens up this pandora box of misery you know um but uh skull just because it's so chill you know i would i would do the skull i uh i chew these when i'm at work on the clock because i think i think it's rude to spit in a bottle on the job site so i these are skull and you can you swallow it you don't have to spit the spit out is it does it have nicotine uh-huh Weird. I've never seen those. Is it like the, uh, they, cause I know they have pouches for ni like nicotine substitutes for like smoking and you're, so how long ago did you quit smoking and move to this system? 
I quit smoking in 2014 when my son was born. Good for you. Very cool. But now you're now you're stuck on this these weird uh like like quasi chew uh things. Yeah, they'll well, get you. You couldn't smoke in the coal mine, so you know, I I chew for twelve hours straight nonstop and I just I tried, but that was way harder than smoking and I smoked for a long time. Yeah, I'm a cold turkey guy. It's like I just have to shut off the faucet. If you keep any of that nicotine flowing in, it's just a nightmare. Um but that's neither that here nor there. Uh, it's good that you don't. I use the uh, maybe you heard on one of the podcasts. I'd use a mud box to spit in. <laughs> uh, you know, and then somebody would like reach in and push like the garbage down or get their hands in it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, I was doing that in Illinois too a little bit because uh, 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 you know, I was with the boys. I was like chewing a little bit over there. Uh, it's kind of fun to do. I try not to let the, let the, you know, the monster out of the cage though. It's like, I got back home. I stopped again and I don't recommend doing that. It's very hard. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's not smart. <clears throat> I go through about a month of misery stopping again. Then after that, um, Columbia. So you choose Columbia tools uh, based on, you know, Phil, maybe the, they're kind of like the Apple of uh, of the automatic and semi-automatic tools in the industry. Tape tech, though, you tried some tape tech. Uh, why was that? Uh, so in, in our area, there's only one commercial drywall uh, distributor. It's called Negwar Materials. Okay. And they, they, they how do you spell tape. that? How, how do you spell that? Sorry. Uh, N-E-G-W-E-R. And they're, they're, I, I want to say they're national, but I know they're, they're like more Midwest, East Coast, national. I don't think they crossed the Mississippi, but I okay. could be wrong. All right. Yeah. Very cool. So, uh, what was your take on, uh, tape tech? I thought they were, you know, back, back then it was hard for me to have a take on what was better versus what wasn't. Um, you, someone could have said they were bad and I would have said, oh yeah, they're awful just because that's what I heard at, sure. at that time. Sure. Um, I liked them. <laughs> yep. I just, the, I, the, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I just like Columbia. That's I, that was the first one I went with when yeah. my boxes needed, I needed to get another box. So I went there and picked one up that day and I ran it and it ran fine. Um, but there's just something about Columbia that I like and I'm drawn to and, um, I'm a very brand loyal person. Once I get something I like, I stick to it and I try not to stray from that. Okay. All right. Very, very fine. And then, uh, so the first tools that you got was, <clears throat> what were they? Uh, two boxes, a handle, a pump? A pump. And then I got a seven inch uh, angle head box and then a three and a three and a half inch angle head. Okay. Which boy, had a learning curve. Yeah, the angles, the angle box is a, kind of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, even the boxes were a bitch. I thought it was going to be oh, yeah. up front, and I was very quickly. <laughs> and then uh, I started watching the Columbia How To series, and I'd watch them over and over and over and over, and I would trial and error, trial and error. I never went and bought. I I bought one. I take that back. One time, I bought a sheet of drywall and started running stripes on it with different consistencies of mud. But then okay. after the third time i'd water the bucket down it's like well now this is useless and then i switched it over and would use it on my angle heads 
what what shifted for you to where you feel like you were a novice versus becoming proficient with the tools? Um, when what I was that, what was a key ingredient that you started doing that helped you understand the tools better? Uh, I lost my butt on a job. Um, Ooh, that'll do it. <laughs> two years ago. Uh, I thought I was hot shit because I figured out and I thought I thought I figured out how to run these boxes efficiently. Okay. And I realized, yeah, I'm 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 filling all my bevels and I can box my butts and whatnot, but now I'm having to come back and buff all my edges and then I'm gonna hand have to hand skim all this stuff. I'm like, man, I can be skimming all this with my boxes right now and I shouldn't have to come back and buff my edges on these. Um so the shifting point for me was right, right. I, when I learned how to tune a box for the way I run and when I could go, when I could run multiple job sites in a day without having to wash my boxes and all my tools in between. There you go. It's not, That's, it doesn't, it doesn't take forever to, to, I've talked about that. Like if you know how to clean the tools efficiently, you can do it pretty quick. You know, I'm not going to mess around with a brush and a bucket. Like I'm always going to have a hose and a nozzle. You know, that's yeah. just smart or whatever. Um, uh, that's a that's a really good tip because I do I still see people like they'll run the box and then there's a dude wiping behind them and I'm like, you shouldn't have to have that wipe guy if your tools are dialed in. Seems right. like to me to me. Well, and and that uh, one thing that I, I learned was the mud consistency played a huge huge part in whether or not I had to come and wipe box. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that has to do with like the Christmas trees and shit like that, right? Uh, that's what I was getting ready to just, just say. I used to get so stressed out when I first started running boxes, my lap marks and my Christmas trees and whatnot. I would get so stressed out to make sure that there was none of that on my runs, and then I I learned that I don't I don't have to worry about that because the next day I'm gonna come by, I'm gonna hit it with my five inch knife, brush it off, and then we're we're off to the races. Yeah, and and also you're learning what you can get away with as far as the second coat on the box. You know, there's a certain amount that it's like, all right, you know, that's fine. That I'm I don't have to like get crazy about sanding this coat because I know I'm aware of what's going to cover on the next coat. Right, which I don't, I don't sand in between coats anymore. I, I quit doing that a long time ago. I used to. I used to buff everything before I would go a second coat. And now I just realized, man, I wasted so many hours sanding that I didn't need to. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, very cool. So we're, uh, you're, you're still relatively new 18, 19, 20, 21, three years or so you've been running the tools now. Uh, do you get, have you gotten employees at this point? No. Yeah. So, uh, about seven months ago, I, I took a step back from my business. Okay. Um, I kept my I kept my LLC. I kept my insurance because I still do a ton of side work, but it's it's what I want to do. Like for instance, this Saturday, Smart. I've got seven I've got seven patches to go do in the house. Okay. And I'm gonna, I'll knock it out in six hours. Yeah, Mudman Dan's a patch guy. Like it's kind of a bummer though. It's kind of a bummer that for a for an individual business drywall company that it's more efficient to just go around and do patches and make money that way than to finish a house it shouldn't be that way but we get so beat up on price that it's not 
it doesn't make enough money for us to go in and finish a house. And we're going to do it better than maybe a crew who doesn't give a shit, leaves mud all over the floor, you know, like that. I did two full houses uh, while I ran my business. And the second one, um, I made good money on, but I stressed myself out to the max. Not not because it was my fault. Oh, Nick, you're going to like this. Okay, so you know what a, do you know what a barn dominium is? Like a, a, a post-frame pole barn house? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, it was a it was a barn dominium in a couple towns over. And, I've never uh, heard the expression barn dominium. That's kind of cool, but I do love the uh, I do love uh, homes that are built after that style. So I I walked this house. Uh, <clears throat> husband and a wife and their family built the house, and they did they did a very good job. And they were gonna rock it. And I said that's fine. I said you know make sure you stagger your butts accordingly, so on and so forth. Um, you know, if, if there's major gaps and tons of pre-fill, that'll affect the price. And they were cool with that. Yeah. So two weeks <clears throat> and, and Nick, I show up at 6 a.m. on site and there is mud and tape on all the walls. Okay. The wife came in with a roll of mesh tape. Yeah. And some tree and started caking it everywhere. Everything okay. but the tape. She taped the inside angles and outside angles with mesh tape. Ouch. So I called him and I said, what, you know, what the hell happened? And they, you know, they explained and I'm like, do you know how long it's going to take for me to take all of this out? Cause it can't, can't tape over it. And I, I spent two days ripping out angles and tape and sanding and pre-filling. And I just, and, but after, and, and, oh, and their ceiling, they had a 28 foot long butt joint on their ceiling. Beautiful. Oh, <laughs> Uh, they were using butt board right they were using some of that butt board no no no. (laughs) which i was i was talking to cam brown last night or i'm sorry two nights ago about butt board yeah uh, i told him i'm gonna send him a video on how to make your own butt board i love butt board i think it's a phenomenal but i just can't it's hard to justify that cost to a homeowner okay so i learned i learned how to make it on my table saw Shout out to uh, Cam Brown, the famous It's Your Man Cam handle. If you're not following him, he's a pretty great guy, and he makes really funny videos. Super solid, dude. Super solid. He is one of the nicest guys, too. Uh, Yeah, you'll have to come with us on one of these uh, adventures. You're looking at your clock. Are you good? Are we good on time? No, no, you're great on time. My coworker just looked over at me and gave me the middle finger. Bring him over here. Let's talk to him. No. Huh? Yes. We're we're in the middle of a massive remodel. Okay. All right. Cause I'll razz that fucker. Yeah, I'll razz him. We're doing a we're doing a strip <laughs> mall right now. I'll tell him to stop bugging us. We're in the middle of a high profile interview and he needs to stand down. No kidding, right? <laughs> uh okay. So wait, you're you're uh you're on this nightmare project. The client has not only hung it probably shittily, but they decided to uh hey, we can hang. Anybody can finish drywall, right? We're gonna throw up some mesh tape and uh run this monster uh <laughs> butt joint. <laughs> well, you know, and here here's the thing. They they didn't do that with the anticipation to think I'm gonna come in and say, Hey, I'm gonna charge you less now. I, they were like, no, we don't care about that. We just wanted to speed things up. I'm like, well, we're, we're going to lose some days. You know, she took, she took a, a plastic four inch putty knife. Like you get with sure. like a dry neck spackle and yeah. just would slap the screw. 
She just that's how it. that's how Phil does it. I I think. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, thank you. I, I got a dual power sander, and I just went through <laughs> with, with some knocked everything down. But boy, it was it was a long couple of days. Ouch. And why were we talking about, oh, we were talking about price and doing a whole house. Now I was thinking price getting beat up on price in that, like you've got 20 different crews that will come in and do it cheaper and faster because the market keeps getting uh, suppressed because these crews are coming in. Maybe they're not licensed. They'll come in and do it for way cheaper drives the price of doing a whole house down your, and then you brought up this example of like this crazy homeowner, but you didn't lose any money on that job. I mean, didn't you charge to go back and do all that? I charged, I told him, I said, this this is going to cost 1500 bucks. Okay. And they were, they were, they told, you know, they were, they were bummed, you know, understandably, but they understood, you know, they, they popped in. And just, and what was the reasoning you gave? Well, the reasoning I gave why no, I like so, so they're like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 we did all this work. You're telling us that you got to come in and take down all the tape. You got to grind all the mud off. Why? Well, I told him I said, do you want to? You, you, it, uh, okay, I can't think of who said it, but the the you spend more time stare, staring at your walls and ceiling in your house than you do anything else. It so was probably stare- it was probably me. I say yeah. that a lot. You're gonna spend more time staring at this. Do you want to? Do you want to start picking it apart and being upset in your forever home, or do you want to? Do you want to be happy? Do you want? Do you want to? Do you want to look at it and say this looks awesome? I'm glad we did this. I get that, but you could have. You could have like coated all of those butts and bands. I mean, I'm digging for something here. What is a bigger reason that you would want to pull that mesh tape and all of that mud off? Because I could not guarantee my work. I couldn't guarantee your steam wouldn't crack. I couldn't guarantee any things wouldn't pop, and I couldn't guarantee it'd be flat. I feel like too with the plus three and the mesh, like that shit's gonna crack. Oh, right? absolutely. If I like, use mesh, I, I've I use mesh a fair amount of time in the commercial setting where I work at because I work for a commercial real estate developer now. I use I use mesh in twenty minute almost every day. But if if I'm in someone's house for a residential space, it's five fuse. Five fuse on everything. Looks up my angles. Okay. I've ex- I've experienced a unique thing with fiber with uh fiber fuse. I I like it. It works great for patching uh fresco because it's it lays real tight. Yeah. I can almost do like a smear <clears throat> fresco is pretty cool to patch because you could like just you don't have to feather out your edges or anything. You can just smear mud on over the top and then boom, blast it with a full skim coat and then seal right. it. Uh so I want that patch to lay really flat. It works great for that. I found over plaster and over round surfaces, it'll delam, especially really? when I'm when I'm using Quickset. It like fills in and then it doesn't want to stick. I've just ex- I've I've experienced that more than once, especially if I'm doing a patch on a like a bullnose. Right. I don't know how I don't know how much bullnose you have there, or if you've ever experienced that. I've used bullnose one time, and if I can get away from using it, I will always get away from using it. Okay. And then that that's also a quick set versus all purpose thing that I've noticed. It's with uh with uh quick with quick set versus all purpose using uh fiber fuse. Right. 
Yeah, I I, I like barbecue. It, it seems like the, it absorbs into the mud better and never bubbles on me. And like you said, for patchwork, it's awesome. I get six inch rolls and then I get your standard tape with, which is what, like two and three quarter. I just got the six inch roll. I love it. I just used what? a patch around a uh, fireplace for fresco. <laughs> and I love the way it like, it like, floats out like a really bad butt joint you know mm-hmm. patches patches always suck they're always like you know eighth inch quarter inch off sometimes you know they just they so that six inch fiber fuse seems like it works really well for that i use it predominantly for um, can lights or outlet receptacles or light switch receptacles because it seems like seems like now the guys in our area that that board they they blow them out or they cut an inch or two too big and rather than throwing a you know three or four pieces of tape around the, the outlet, uh, I cut I cut a you know the perfect mash the receptacle, mud it, set it over there. Walk now around. there's speculation that Ice Rock came up with that. Is that true? I don't know. I uh, I followed him <laughs> after um, Sean from Broly's dad started giving him a bunch of shout outs. I started really looking into his page and whatnot. That uh-huh. guy's got solution or a tool that works phenomenal for everything for everything yeah he sure does um that's pretty funny and then you were on you were on uh brawley's dad uh podcast correct yes. yes how did how did he find out about you or whatever you just started following him and liking his stuff and he reached out i started following him and reaching out and liking his stuff and commenting and then the same thing i had a question I don't remember what the question was. Like, I look back in my messages, but he, he sent me his number. He's like, Give, call me sometime, man. And I did. And then we just started liking each other's stuff. And then that's when I, I started. I go on spurts of posting online my work, like my even my business page. Uh, I'd say it's about 35, 40% drywall work or some of my carpentry stuff. And then the rest is the, the wacky adventures me and my kids do. Nice. Nice. And, but I just started reaching out to him. And, and like I said earlier, he was so receptive and so open that I just, I, I gravitate towards people like that. And I try to build a, a relative relationship to where it's like, Hey man, this is awesome. Hey dude, check this out. You know what I mean? Not Smart. like we're buddies we're online friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, switching gears a little bit. Do you, do you run the fiber fuse through the bazooka? I don't run a bazooka. Oh, whoa, 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 buddy. Whoa. We're going to have to, we're going to have to uh, delete this entire interview. I thought, I thought you ran the bazooka. <laughs> no, I haven't. I don't run it. And I've only ran it a handful of times. What the hell, dude? Fire that thing up. Uh, I still have got, I can run it. I wouldn't say I can run it efficiently. Sure. Sure. Um, Do you have a predator? For, no, I have a level five bazooka. Okay. All right. No shame. No shame. Shout no, out to let. Yeah. Shout out to level five. Did they send you one or something, or you bought no. it? Oh, I, I bought it. Why did you I, choose level five? Uh, I bought it from uh, a guy a couple towns over, and I got a okay. really good deal. And um, again, I went I went to YouTube to learn how to run it. I reached out yeah. to a couple people to pick their brand on it, and it was just trial and error. But yeah. for me. Um, even when I've got like a 50, 60, 70 sheet basement to do, uh, it, you bury yourself so fast. Once you get in your little groove, even for someone like me, you bury yourself on wiping down your tapes and it just, you're going backwards in my opinion, and for at least the way I operate. Yeah. Um, 
50 60 yeah i would bust out the bazooka for that but it's like kind of like it's kind of has to be big enough but it's worth mm. it it's if you especially if you own one um and you're proficient at it you've got to be that's, quick that's at it efficiency yeah because i could run out of all of the bots and mm-hmm. f- fast enough that i could go back and wipe them or and then just do like 10 stand-ups and then mm-hmm. go and do the roller glazer, like all of that. I uh, I use a, a Delco Zunder banjo. Okay. For about ninety percent of my taping. Yeah. Why do you like the Delco uh, versus a regular banjo? Um. Well, it's not that I like it more. It's 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 what I have. I bought a Marshalltown when I first when I first started getting taping tools, and I really sure. like it got the metal head and it, it tears paper tape really really well whereas the thunder yep. you got knife to cut your tape right uh, i have one of those uh i have like a yeah like a metal a metal with yeah. the open yeah. flat i like yep. it it, wor- it works good yep um but i like that i can switch to that inside corner roller real fast oh just, okay i've never ups with it and it works good and it comes i bought a holster for it so when i'm on my stilts i can just strap it to my leg and, and keep going who sells a holster? I don't know who sells it, but I got mine off of uh, Allwall, allwall.com. Okay, Allwall, interesting. It, it's, it's hilarious because it's got two straps. You put one around your waist and one around your thigh, and it looks like you got a big old gunslinger belt on your leg. Yeah, yeah, you do. You have a banjo slinger uh, a holster. Um, <clears throat> I would – it seems interesting to me that you – gravitated towards the box tools and mud all that but you're hesitant with the bazooka yeah um it's i mean it's a it's an intimidating tool there's a lot of running parts there's a lot of moving parts if you don't know how to maintain it or fix it you're you're dead in the water and you're sitting on a two thousand dollar paperweight yeah and and i guess so I think if I would have if I if I would have kept taping houses and maybe brought another guy on to wipe and pull tapes behind me it would have made sense, but like I said, for me, I, I I load that banjo up and I run all my butts. I come back, wipe them, then I start yeah. running flat. Yeah, you it, get your little system down. It's hard to change, man. Right. It's a it's a flow for me. Yeah. So yeah. so you were talking about uh, maybe uh, after this nightmare job or whatever, we were talking about shifting or uh employees you're doing more of what you want and you alluded to maybe doing something else or moving beyond drywall let's let's go there a little bit oh yeah i um i was i was i loved running my business and i loved drywall and i love finishing and uh I've heard people say that no no one loves drywall. If you can make the same amount of money doing something else, you wouldn't. It's and I I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I'm yeah. very passionate. I enjoy it, but um, it it got to be too much running the business. I would I'd be out in the field six days a week, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours a day. Okay. And I'd come. I'd have to come home and run my own books and do my own scheduling and my own billing and POs and everything. And it's just uh, it was robbing too much time from my wife and kids. Yeah, so I, I made the choice to step away, and I was doing a I was doing a fair amount of work for who I'm currently employed with, and uh, I yeah. said, "Hey, if you're you're looking for a W two guy, man, you can you can take me on." He's like, "Absolutely, come come to work." So I stepped away and started started doing that about seven months ago. 
Uh, he was probably happy to have you. So now you're doing more piece rate, yeah? Yeah. So um, are you talking about like when, when I do when I still finish drywall? Are you doing different W two work? Oh yeah, with him. Oh, with my boss. Yeah. So he is a commercial real estate developer, and okay, uh, I want to say we manage he between owning and managing about a million and a half to one point seven million square feet of commercial real estate. Okay. So whenever a business leaves one of these buildings, you know, these massive 100,000 square foot buildings that are chopped up into suites, when they leave, my partner Nick and I, we come in, we demo them out, we meet with the engineer and the designers and the architects and get our our permits and our plans and we reframe them. Uh, We sub out majority of the plumbing electrical and then we hang all the rock and I finish it. Okay. Yeah. Very, very cool. And when did Nick come into the picture? When'd you meet that character? <laughs> Nick's Nick's been here a little longer than I have, and he is that uh, the guy that is that the guy that's razzing you? Yeah, dude, Nick, he, Nick, you're he, lucky. You're lucky that Colin didn't allow you on the podcast because I was going to give you a serious what for. He's he's a good dude. He is a <laughs> he was a framer for a lot of years. Phenomenal framer, and him and I have a a great system when we frame. He does. He does all the layout and cutting, and then I do all the building and stand up. Okay, cool. And we we can knock out some footage in a day. Yeah, I'll bet. And then you've uh, hang, or you sub out the hanging. Uh, we hang. Okay. We uh, if you look back on my stories, you'll see uh, one of our material material loads. We did a uh, a build out for a special needs school here locally, and it was uh approximately fifty thousand square feet, and it was <laughs> nine hundred. 80 sheets of 12 foot drywall. Okay. We brought a nice. couple guys, in, a couple guys in on that, but, uh, it was, it was a beast. And then of course you finish all that work. Uh, we, I teamed up with another, another, we have one company that does majority of our, like if we're, if we're doing footage like that, we bring in a company, but I always help them do it just for reasons. Cause you like doing it. Yeah, that, and we have a standard and it's not, uh, yeah. Standard we don't it's not that they don't meet our standards it's just sometimes you need to have someone there whose name is on that building and he's going to be in there every day to say hey no we need to do this this way you know what i mean yeah well and you can you can regulate uh quality and i like and i like to finish it and i always try to finish it yeah yeah so you get to work with maybe some different finishers periodically and play around and learn some new stuff maybe, or you can teach them new stuff. Right. Yeah. And the guys that we use, they're, they're a great, great group of guys. They're cool. They're, they're pretty much all about the business. Cool. So you'd say this is a new model for you. This is enabling you to have more time uh, with your family and create more of the life that you want. Why is that? Um, because I, I, I put my 45 in and I'm done. I, okay. I don't, I, I still bring my work home just cause Nick and I do all the scheduling with our subs and we schedule our work week for our, our maintenance logs and whatnot, but I'm able to clock out once, once I'm in my truck for the most part, I, I turn, turn the podcasts on and cruise on home. And I'm not stressing about the next day. Uh, what's the carpentry you want to listen to? I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Spencer Lewis has been on it quite a few times. The modern craftsman, modern craftsman's a really good one. Okay. And uh, 
I listen to Joe Rogan. There's a couple others I bounce between. Okay, yeah, there's one called TLC. I think that uh, the three-way guys have been on. Yep, yep. Yeah, that and one's then, pretty cool. They quit doing it a couple years back, but uh, Kyle Stumpenhorst from RR Buildings, he had a, a podcast with a, a couple, with a Mikey the Maker and a couple other guys. Okay. They just They would just rant and rave and BS and talk about the industry in the whole. Very cool. And the Drywall Podcast is, of course, your favorite podcast, right? Number one. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that, man. Um, I, you know, I started doing this and it's like, well, maybe they'll like it. Maybe they won't. But uh, I, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, there's, there's uh, numbers that we have on Podbean where they could pull up where, where people are listening from. It's pretty good though. Um, I, I'm, I'm jazzed about it. It's, it's been a neat, neat thing. But it seems like it's afforded you some really awesome opportunities to, to not. I mean, your product is already, was already out there, but you know, you got to go to Canada and do the CSR yeah. event. Oh yeah. You know, and, you know, it just seems like it, it's helped really push the product. Not that the product needed help being pushed, but it allowed you to uh, another platform to get it out there and do some really cool stuff and see some cool places. Oh, the product needed help being pushed. I mean, don't kid yourself. The You know, you think that like you see these products and these guys, you think like, oh, Columbia is everywhere. Everybody uses Columbia. It's like the best. But it's like marketing in this space is really hard. Um, that said, have you have I sent you a sample pack? Have you tried out the Fresco? No, I want to. Um, OK. I saw what Jason Griffin did at his house with fresco and and granted he took it a step further and he hand painted all the veins and whatnot and it yeah. was awesome it's just i see what everyone does online and for me i can see it but like when i show homeowners or like when i show my boss i'm like hey man we have to rip all this wallpaper out instead of me skimming all these walls there's this really awesome product called fresco mm-hmm. harmony you should put down on it it's 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 relatively inexpensive yeah <laughs> there's no sanding or painting and it's just until you can get it in your hands and visually see it, yes, I think people are hesitant, and and I, I'm going to when I get the right time. Um, well, I, now and now is the time, buddy. I'm going to send you a sample pack, so I will. Uh, I'll send you a link, and then just fill out the link. But the main thing with sales is having a sample and a color chart, and be like. Yes you know, a nice 21 by 16 sample and be like, this is what it looks like, dude. We can go over this wallpaper. We'll throw some red guard on it. Maybe use a five, a few sheets, cover it up, whatever. And then we'll just blow it out. Same thing with popcorn, scrape it, blow it out with fresco done. No, no paint. So, um, yeah, I'll send you that link. Um, a system that you use now that has shifted your perception, maybe you were doing drywall a certain way and you were reluctant to change and use something use something new, but you started using this new system and it changed the way you do drywall. Do you have anything like that where you've uh, been blown away by a tool or something recently and it's changed the way you do drywall? skimming blades skimming I, blades I, yep i thought they were a lot of hype and now i cannot imagine finishing drywall without them why oh just uh the the, the time savings uh it's so like, like I, because you're doing less less strokes over the butt or something 
Yeah, so I use I use them a lot whenever I skim out walls after ripping out wallpaper. I okay. Roll, I'll I'll fill in all the all the gouge marks and whatnot, and then I'll come back and I'll roll on some plus three. Okay. And instead of using my hawk to to wipe them down, or my I'm sorry, my trowel to wipe them down, I'll use my thirty two inch skimming blade. Okay, that makes sense. It gives a much cleaner finish. So for Although skimming should... a wall, skimming a wall specifically, it's quicker. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Skimming wall, butt joints on well on nasty butt joints. I've got yeah. I've got opinion on them. Um, I although I do use them a lot. Sometimes it's just an extra tool to carry around and clean and watch out for when I can just do it by hand for an extra minute or two. Okay, and you're using and the I... level five skimming blades, I assume. No, you're. Oh. <laughs> Watch the rabbit punches. No, I got, I got the ones. You got the Columbia's. Okay. Did did you get like that? They have this beautiful like kit with like four or five skimming blades in it. No, I I bought them uh, piece by piece. Okay. I got a I've got an eighteen and a thirty two inch. Okay, two. Yeah, because under eighteen, you're just gonna go to your fourteen inch uh, broad knife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, All right. I mix. I mix. I I run about a seventy thirty split between pan and knife and hawk and trowel. Okay. All right. Which, Interesting. You 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 are a, one of the few in uh, interviewees that runs both pan and knife and hawk and trowel. That's cool. And I I hold my my trowel upside down from the traditional way of holding it. And so instead of having the hook of your handle on your index finger, I yeah. run the open index finger. Okay, you run and it upside. Learn. You run it upside down always. Yeah, always. Why? And, uh, there's a, a YouTube page and Instagram page called the Drywall Gangsters. Yeah, I've heard of them. And, and that's how they ran it. And so when I wanted to learn how to run hawk and trowel, that's how they held it. And so that's how I started holding it. And I never, I've tried to run it the other way. When I cut in, when I cut in backwards, I flip it upside down. Because mm. when I run the trowel, when I'm skimming walls, I only use one side of my trowel. A lot of people mm. go this, do this back and forth. I only use one side. So when I go to run the inside angle, I flip it upside down and pull out the inside angle. And I'm always running one side because I'm only cleaning one side. So if you clean the back side of your trowel, it keeps your inside angle nice and clean. Super crispy. Yeah, do you do you run both sides of your trowel or just one side? I run both sides. Okay. It it all depends on the application, but I try to use the when I first started running the Hawkins trials like this is the silliest thing I've ever done. And and now for skimming out walls and whatnot, I don't think I could do it nearly as fast and efficient as with a pan and knife. Okay. Okay. Um yeah, me too. I I like if I do if I'm doing drywall type stuff. I'll use a pan and a knife, um, you know. Uh, I right. use a pan and a knife for like a patch. You know, you put on the tape, float it out right. once, float it out again with a knife, and then trowel it out, yep. you know. Um, and then your pearl of wisdom, buddy. My pearl of wisdom. wisdom. Hmm. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Okay. Just be nice to everybody, and the world will be a uh, much better place. Easier said, easier said than done sometimes, man. Uh, but yes, I agree. Sometimes I have to stop myself. I want to be a dick. Uh, and maybe some people think I am a dick. But yeah, you know, like I heard something. I was talking to a friend 
last night, Chad Hesher, and he said something that really pissed me off. And I wanted to blow up this guy's site today. And I stopped myself and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go around and everyone that has posted that frustrates me, maybe they're doing plaster, doing something I don't like. I'm going to go and like their stuff and, and comment that nice work or something like it's such a good practice. And it got me out of that space of like, F you, you're doing it wrong. You know, why are you such a dick? Just being mean, you know? Or a better one, uh, control the controllables. Don't worry about everything else. Control the controllables. Don't worry about anything else. Another uh, is the uh, serenity prayer. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, uh, I shouldn't know it. I went to Catholic school for 11 years. I should have it memorized, but I don't. It's a reco- it's a recovery thing, too. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change uh, the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Control the right. controllables. There are certain things that are out of our control that accept it, move on, <laughs> and there's certain things that we can't control. Give me the wisdom to know to really know the difference things i can't control versus the things that i can't things i can control maybe you know take a look at that uh i love it though i love the serenity prayer do you know what the one about knowledge and wisdom is what let's hear it knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit and wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad (laughs) i like it or eat it because I don't like tomatoes. Like the wisdom is like, don't even eat it. Oh, you are <laughs> I know. I know they're good for you. If you're a tomato lover out there, shout out. Tomatoes are good for you. Um, thank you so much, Colin, for being on the drywall podcast. This was a good one. I'm not lying to you, man. Well, Nick, I, I appreciate you having me on, man. I always, I always get nervous coming on to a podcast. Grant, this is my second one. Uh, you've had so many awesome awesome finishers you know men and women alike just really great people and then i get asked to come on it's like what what am i gonna say or what do i have to offer to this community that's affording me so many great things and uh, i really appreciate it dude and keep it up I, I look forward to it every week to hear these i appreciate it so much and thank you so much too colin is one of those guys in his page that's always liking my stuff that's why i reached out i was like God, this guy is always popping up man you don't make yourself known on social media if you're scared or nervous to post something just post it man we all want to see what you're up to and it builds community and uh it's it's great to finally like you know now when elite pops up or colin sellinger pops up I know exactly who it is, you know, now, boom, it's like, we've got a reference and you are going to be on, uh, one of our adventures soon. Yeah. I know it, dude, we're, we're opening this, uh, concept of let's all go to a job and do a job together. How cool is that? It's so much fun. And you're going to be in the, you're going to be in the, uh, the running for, you know, anybody that'll want to come and play around and have fun. We're oh, going to, sure. we're going to open it up. It's going to be awesome. For sure. Well, Nick, I appreciate you having me, buddy. And I look forward to it. All right, bud. You have an awesome day and uh, tell Nick he's next on the list. <laughs> hey, you take care, brother. Have a great day. All right. Later. See ya. What a great interview. Thank you so much, Colin, for being with us on the drywall podcast today. I really appreciate your time and your knowledge. 
curious about being on the Drywall Podcast, or maybe you know somebody who would like to be on the Drywall Podcast, feel free to message me anytime, info at frescoharmony.com, or you can call me at 505-409-313. I would love to hear from you. The Drywall Podcast can be listened to in its entirety on your favorite platforms such as Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, and you can also watch the entire video on YouTube. Head over there, give us a subscribe. We sincerely appreciate it. Join us next week as we have Sean Fawcett of Signature Finish Renovations out of Guelph, Ontario, or the Faz, as they call him. We have a fantastic discussion. But until then, I hope you guys have an amazing Friday and a beautiful weekend. And remember, as always, keep drywalling.